0: Hello and welcome back to another live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simeon, and on this edition, we're going to be discussing the Martin Odegaard rumours. We're also going to be reacting to Mikel Arteta's latest press conference in which he discussed a number of topics. He discussed the transfer window, our plans for that. He discussed the future of uh, Balogun, uh, what's going on with a smith Rose contract. He talked about the possibility of Arsenal bringing in a left back and plenty more. So we'll be digging into all of that during uh, this evening's live stream. A big hello to those of you currently watching us on YouTube, because I know many of you have been in the comments section for a little while. Uh, So thank you for your continued support. Thank you to everyone watching us on Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, wherever you might be. Uh, Thank you for being part of the Chronicles of Aguna family. Don't forget, if you haven't already, hit the like button on the video. It does really, really help. And if you haven't subscribed to the channel already, well, make sure you do because we are closing in on 11,500 subscribers on our YouTube channel alone, um, and we'd like to get there as soon as possible. So if you haven't already, uh, make sure you hit that button. Also, a quick plug for our transfer special, uh, which we put out yesterday with Fabrizio Romano. I know most of you have probably seen it, but if you haven't, if you're catching us uh, for the first time in a few days, head back to that one. You can find it uh, on YouTube, of course, and on all major podcast stores. Uh, So thank you for all your support in that as well. Had lots of positive messages off the back of that one. Uh, So thank you all so much for your kind words. Right, without further ado, let's get into it. Martin Odegaard is being linked with a move to Arsenal. We were told last night uh, that the club had made an approach for Odegaard, who is out of favour at Real Madrid. Um, If I'm not mistaken, I think he's made just seven appearances in La Liga. Do you know what? I wrote a piece about it uh, earlier today. Let's double quickly check that uh, to make sure. I wrote a piece on why Uh, Martin Odegaard would actually be the perfect fit for Arsenal on loan. So you can gather from that straight away that I've got, uh, well, I'm on the side of the fence on this one where I think that actually uh, somebody like Martin Odegaard would suit us down to a t. So I put a piece out uh, on 90min.com earlier on, which some of you will have seen uh, via my social media platforms. And we were talking about Odegaard and why he would be uh, the perfect fit for Arsenal, because I genuinely do believe that. And and some of the reasons uh, were well, the fact that he's been, you know, really, really frustrated. It is correct. Seven appearances uh, for Los Blancos so far this season, which for a player of his quality is absolutely nothing. We're talking about somebody, Martin Odegaard, who's been very much on the radar of the top European football clubs for a long, long time. If I'm not mistaken, it was 16 or 17 years old at the time that Real Madrid picked him up. So he's kind of always been in that kind of big club environment, well, at least for the last few years. But unfortunately for him at Real Madrid, it's not quite worked out as he would have hoped. I've already said it, but seven La Liga appearances is nowhere near enough um for him to make his mark and and he's apparently gone to Real Madrid and made it clear that he wants to go elsewhere so that he can play football on a regular basis, which I guess for someone of his age, someone at his kind of um, Staging development that is key. it is so so crucial, and a loan move away at the moment feels like the only way that that 's going to happen. Uh, as Fabrizio told us yesterday on the transfer special, the market out there right now is very, very difficult, not just here in the u k but across Europe, so there'll be very few clubs uh, who are going to be going and spending big cash you 'd imagine um, between now and the end of this window. Will things get better by the time the summer window comes along? I don't know, but I wouldn't imagine so in most cases. So for Martin Odegaard to leave Real Madrid now, it has to be on on a loan deal. Um, Fabrizio said that if, if Real Madrid were going to let him go uh, temporarily, it would be exactly that, uh, a temporary move. He's not somebody that they have an appetite to sell. They still believe that he is someone with the talent to go on to very, very big things. Uh, If they didn't think that they wouldn't have picked him up at such a young age. So, He's rated at Real Madrid, but I guess in Zinedine Zidane's eyes, he's not quite the finished article right now and not uh, quite the man he he wants to trust in that kind of number 10 role uh, in that attacking midfield position. And we know, look, things aren't going particularly well for Real Madrid at the moment and Zinedine Zidane. Uh, I've just finished writing a piece on the fact that uh, River Plate's uh, Marcelo Gallardo is being linked uh, with being the replacement for Zidane and in that he's someone that Florentino Perez is, and I quote, desperate to bring into the club. So, you know, maybe if if Zidane is given the boot, then the situation at Real Madrid uh, might change for Martino de But at this stage, uh, it seems very likely that he will be leaving the club on loan in search of regular football after he himself requested that be the case. Now, there have been a number of other clubs interested in uh, Martin Odegaard, another Premier League club, apparently, who we think might be, oh, some people are saying it's Manchester United. I'm not sure if Manchester United have room for an Odegaard in their squad. You know, they've got Bruno Fernandes, Paul Pogba. Um, You know, they've got a lot of creative forces in midfield. And, uh, you know, I don't really, I don't really see that as, as a goer. But, you know, there is another Premier League club linked um, in terms of competition abroad. Well, Real Sociedad uh, are being heavily linked with taking Martin Odegaard back on loan again. Now, of course, Odegaard spent um, last season on loan uh, with the uh, with uh, La Royale, as they're known. Um, and he had a really, really good season. Um, he had a really, really positive season there. So, you know having gone there, contributed seven assists, I think, seven goals, I think it was. Hold on, I'll tell you exactly. I've got the article in front of me. I'm still not reading it. Uh, Contributing seven goals and nine assists. Um, That's what he contributed last season uh, with Real Sociedad. So he's a player that they know very well. It's a club that he knows very well. And of course, moving to the Anueta would mean that Martin Odegaard wouldn't have to leave Spain, which obviously is another big change that he would have to go through if he was going to come come to the Premier League. So that seems like it's the most likely destination for Martin Odegaard. But uh, according to Fabrizio Romano, uh, he's put out a tweet. When was it? 2.23pm today. So This is kind of the latest thing that he's had to say on it. Um, I know there are other outlets there as well. Um, but obviously, uh, Fabrizio is, is topical at the moment for us. And um, he said that he's that Martin Odegaard is tempted by the Arsenal loan bid, but he's going to decide about it with his family. Uh, He also says that Real Sociedad have been in advance talks to sign him for a week, uh, leading the race over Ajax. Um, But apparently the Arsenal offer has led him to take hours and days of reflection. So it feels like Martin Odegaard is considering the possibility of moving to Arsenal, but we're not any closer to getting that deal done to our knowledge so let's not get carried away. Um, let's not sort of get the champagne out yet. But it does feel um as though, you know, it was all done and dusted. He was on his way to Real Sociedad, and boom, him came Arsenal and uh and, and started to show a bit of interest. And all of a sudden, Martin Odegaard seemingly is having second thoughts now about uh, where his next destination should be, albeit uh, just on a low move. So we'll have to see how that one unfolds. In my article where I spoke about um, why he would be perfect and the perfect fit for Arsenal, I'll, I'll explain the reasons to you now. Uh, the reasons I think it would be a perfect fit is because if Martin Odegaard comes to Arsenal, we know that it is a temporary fix. We know that Martin Odegaard would be coming in and there would be zero chance of us converting that deal into a permanent one in the summer. Because as I've said, all the reputable sources are reporting that Real Madrid will not even consider um Allowing him uh, allowing a buy uh, an option to buy sorry to go into that contract. So it would be very much temporary. And what that means is in the long term, it won't damage Emile Smith Rose prospects a player that we all very much like and hope goes on to achieve big things. On the other hand, Martin Odegaard is someone with a point to prove. And you tend to find that bringing players in with a point to prove is usually more successful than going after somebody who maybe, um, you know, who maybe has been there, done it. You know, for example, Isco at Real Madrid, another player at Real Madrid. Isco's been there, he's done it, he's won Champions Leagues. What more is there really for Isco to achieve? What would be his motivation incoming to the Emirates Stadium, whereas Martin Odegaard, who we know adores Real Madrid, would love to play for Real Madrid in the future, would love to be a regular, um, and is, a, is at a point now in his career where he needs to prove himself, I think that is a more powerful motivation than any 30-plus uh, player who's sort of entering towards the back end of their career could possibly have. So for that reason, I feel, uh, for those two reasons, I should say, I feel like Martin Odegaard uh, would be a really good fit. Add to that, he's got the ability. Um, everybody's seen it. Everybody knows it. The ability, the motivation and the fact that it wouldn't prohibit Emile Smith-Rowe in the long term, I think make this the, the right deal to go for. Obviously, it depends on finance. There will no doubt be some kind of loan fee involved. How much of his wages will Arsenal have to contribute to? Will they have to contribute to all of it? We don't know the ins and outs of, of the potential Uh, deal. But yeah, um, I I would be on board with this one for the reasons I've just explained. Let me know what you guys think in the live chat. Let's see what you guys are saying uh, regarding the possibility of Martin Odegaard coming to Arsenal on loan. Uh, Let's have a look at what some of you are saying. Uh, Deruve says, honestly, Odegaard would be Denis Suarez part two Players from other leagues take time to adapt in the Premier League. Uh, what else have we got here? Um, uh, Rob boarding says, "As long as Emil Smith Rowe is still the first choice, I wouldn't mind Odegaard." Look, I think we all accept and we all acknowledge and we all kind of see, don't we, that Emil Smith Rowe has the talent. Um has the talent to go on and, and, and play that position for Arsenal for many, many years to come. But there are concerns about A, his fitness, you know, his ability to stay fit. And B, there is no other player in the squad, as we've seen, particularly now that Mesut's off, that fits that same profile as in somebody who is an out-and-out number 10. People talk about Joe Willock playing there. For me, Joe Willock is not a number 10. Joe Willock is a, is a bit more of an Aaron Ramsey, someone that, prefers to start that a little bit deeper, but then has that ability to make those runs into the penalty area and impact games that way. But we've all seen with him that he's just not up to standard. And, and that's the harsh reality of it. He's not at the level that we need. So, you know, can you rely solely on Mill Smith row every week? Can you rely on him in a season where the fixtures are congested the way they are to play week in, week out? I would say no. So there needs to be a backup. There needs to be someone to come in. And now that Emil Smith-Rowe has emerged the way he has, it becomes even more important that the deal is one that is right for us in terms of somebody who's going to come in, has the ability to make an impact, compete with Emil Smith-Rowe for that position, but equally not be there for the long term and not prohibit his development. Now, if you're talking about in the summer, Arsenal coming to the table and potentially being able to sign a top top already proven uh, number 10 I'd be all for that but you know right now in January that's going to be very very difficult to do we understand that the finance isn't there either so it's very much going to be a short-term signing for Arsenal and so why would you want to go and spend an absolute fortune on on someone If you could potentially do a deal like this, whereby Odegaard benefits, whereby Real Madrid benefit, because their asset is going out and he's playing football and he's getting better and he can show what he can do. And of course, for the player, it gives him the opportunities. It just suits all parties, this kind of deal. I understand why people want to see Emil Smith-Rowe as the first choice. And I think in the longer term, that will certainly be the case. But I am still wary of relying too heavily on Emil Smith-Rowe because he will go for a bad patch, as all young players do. And he will uh, at some point break down with an injury or some kind of fitness issue. So, you know, you have to consider those things right now. We're so heavily reliant on his creativity that I dread to think what would happen if he wasn't around. And that for me just highlights the need to go and get somebody else in, uh, somebody who can come in and compete with him. Uh, Let's see what else you guys are saying. Uh, Matt G, one of our members. Uh, Says, I'd love us to sign in, but can't see it happening. I don't want to get my hopes up. Uh, Wes Bird, another one of our members, says, think this would be a really smart move that wouldn't impact on Emile smith Rose development and would create strong competition. We would have the depth in the squad to rotate. Completely agree with that. Um, Omar says, I don't think it will happen, to be honest. Uh, Robin has suggested that the other Premier League club might be Leicester. I I did read that earlier on, uh, but I'm not. Not entirely sure how accurate that is. Uh, lots of you talking about uh, the interest uh, from Real Sociedad and yep. You know, that is there. Uh, the interest from Real Sociedad is definitely there. Um, and it could potentially be where he ends up. But we're going to have to wait and see on that uh, for sure. Uh, let's go over to some more of your comments. I'll just share that tweet on the screen again uh, for those of you who are joining us uh, a little bit later. Uh, Martin Odegaard is tempted by Arsenal loan bid, and he's going to decide together with his family. That is according uh, to Fabrizio Romano. He also said that Real Madrid, Real Sociedad sorry, are in advanced talk, so they seem to be a little bit further down the line. But he does mention that that Arsenal interest has caused Odegaard to have second thoughts and has caused him a period of reflection. So what does that mean? We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, let's go back to the live chat. Dominic Harry says... Is there going to be a 90 min live? Not today, mate. There's one in the diary for tomorrow. Um, So keep your eyes peeled for that. And then, of course, back on Monday uh, with the normal uh, gas tank show as well. I think I'm on both of those this time around. So uh, keep your eyes peeled and uh, come and join us uh, for those. Uh, Right. Let's. um, Let's move on to Mikel Arteta's press conference today. Now, Mikel Arteta faced the media ahead of the game against Southampton in the FA Cup. But of course, as you can imagine, given the the recent departures, given the links uh, that we are, um, you know, being credited with to, to some of uh, these kind of potential transfer targets, you can understand, I guess, why... Um, Why the uh, Southampton game actually in the uh, press conference took a little bit of a backseat. Now, uh, Mikel Arteta was asked about Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. Uh, Of course, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, when he was replaced the other day, went straight down the tunnel. A lot of people um, have made something of that and wondered if he was uh, if he had a problem. Uh, Look, Mikel Arteta after the game said he had a problem with his stomach. So we can assume, um, as crude as this may sound, uh, that that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang got the shits. He had a stomachache, he got the shits, and he ran down the tunnel uh, to relieve himself. We've all been there. (laughs) I know I certainly have. Uh, You probably didn't want to know that. But anyway, um, yeah, it is minor. And and in response to that question, he says, as far as I know, he's feeling uh, very good. Uh, He was asked a little bit about the team ahead of Saturday. How strong will the squad be? Mikel Arteta not giving anything away, uh, just saying that he will go with a stronger squad. as he possibly can. He will assess people and we'll take it from there and and see how it goes. Um, Moving on to the Socrates thing. Of course, we spoke about it yesterday. Uh, Socrates has been, uh, well, he's left Arsenal. His contract has been terminated by mutual consent, but Mikel Arteta was very complimentary of the Greek and called him uh, a professional, a great person to work with. Um, He went on to kind of explain the reasons for him being left out of the registered squad. He said that we have a lot of central defenders. We're overloaded with foreign players. And as a result, he had a very tough decision to make. He went on to talk about how well the defender took it. He said he's always been really supportive and helpful. So from the bottom of my heart, I wish him the best. It's been a pleasure to work with him and I wish him the best for him and his family. So Mikel, very, very complimentary um, of Socrates. Um, you know, and uh, and and kind of his attitude and influence behind the scenes, despite uh, being you know surplus to requirements, despite it being very clear that he wasn't necessarily rated um, in uh, in Mikel Arteta's eyes. Uh, so it's all, it's nice to see him sort of go in with with those good words. And I, as I said yesterday, I think you'll you'll hear a lot of that from from Arsenal players, um, Arsenal staff etc, etc. People that work with him, journalists have already been very complimentary of him and spoken about uh, the fact that he was always willing to give up his time regardless of the result. So yeah, you're going to hear a lot of positive things, I think, uh, regarding Socrates's character. Uh, we know ability-wise he wasn't quite up to it, but in terms of his character, in terms of his uh, um, sort of persona and, and all of that stuff, um, you know, there's there's not a bad word to be said about him. Uh, let's see what else is happening. Um, you know, Messer was talking about the, the deal for Messer. Ozil, still not had an official announcement on that. Uh, but he says the quarantine situation is making that final step the longest ever. He said that there are a lot of restrictions there and there are things that need to be done uh, before announcing everything. He says everything seems to be uh, going OK, but he cannot say definitely what's going to happen Um, But he did say, as soon as we can, don't worry, we will mention it. Um, He was kind of asked a little bit more about Mesut Ozil, wasn't he, uh, on... You know, why the decision had to be made, why it was a necessary decision using Mikel Arteta's quote right back at him. And he said it was for many different reasons. There's a history that happens here in, that's happened here in the last few years and how things have developed, how I feel the team should develop in the future and his position at the club. A player with such importance that is not playing, that is not in the squad is in a really difficult, is a really difficult situation to sustain for both parties. The player wants to play. And we cannot give him the minutes. And obviously, that situation has to be resolved. Um, He then went on to say that he just wants to take the team in a different direction. If he had more options, maybe he would have been some part of the plans. He was part of the plans at the start but he wasn't any more at the end. And that's why the decision has been taken to move Mesut Ozil on. Um, Lots of you commenting about the kind of uh, the the mole comment. We'll come on to that because that was a little bit later on in the press conference. Quick reminder, though, by the way, if you haven't, make sure you smash the like button on the video. It is so, so important in terms of growing the channel, uh, in terms of getting those videos pushed up the rankings and getting as many people's eyes on the Chronicles of Aguna as possible so please if you haven't done it already uh, make sure you do uh, also subscribe to the channel if you haven't if you are a YouTube user and you've not subscribed yet we're approaching eleven and a half thousand, so we'd love to get there uh, sooner rather than later so please uh, subscribe and of course you probably noticed lots of lovely people in our chat uh, with the wonderful little icon next to their name that is because they are members of of the Chronicles of Aguna YouTube channel. They're helping support uh, me in terms of bringing you guys more and more uh, informative content, high quality content. So um, if you'd like to support the channel in any way, uh, then please, um, if you haven't, if you've done all the like stuff and all of the subscribing and all of that jazz, if you're interested in supporting us, um via the membership scheme as well then please click the link in the description which will take you to a landing page it will detail all the different tiers available uh, what comes with each one um And you can decide which, if any, of those appeal to you. And we would look forward to welcoming more of you uh, into our uh, Chronicles of Aguna membership family. Uh, So, yeah, thank you. Uh, Right, let's carry on with the press conference. I'm not going to touch on on the FA Cup bits too much, the Theo Walcott stuff. Didn't find that very interesting. I think it's all clear that we only want to hear about transfers right now um, and the potential situations of some of our uh, players who could be uh, leaving uh, sooner rather than later. We've been talking about Martin Odegaard, Mikel Arteta quite simply wouldn't. He was asked the question on the Norwegian, but Mikel Arteta said he will not comment about players that play for different clubs. So keeping his cards very close to his chest uh, there. He was also asked about the uh, talk of a new deal for Emil Smith-Rowe. Um, there's been reports saying that Arsenal are set to uh, offer Emil Smith-Rowe a new deal, a new bumper contract that would see his uh, pay increase significantly. Now, this is not a matter of major urgency in terms of the player potentially leaving. Now, Emil Smith Rowe is not earning anywhere near what some of the other first teamers are earning. And that is why there is an appetite uh, to try and incentivize him or, or to pr- try and offer him an incentive that will see him stay at the club for as long as possible. Now, Emil Smith Rowe, um, He's just 20 years old. He's got plenty of time to earn big bucks. But, um, you know, if he's performing, if he's having such a huge contribution and such a huge influence on this football team, it's only fair that his uh, pay packet reflects that, I think. Um, So, yeah, Emil Smith-Rowe is said to be uh, in negotiations with the club over a new contract that would see his pay Uh, rise significantly but the reason I talk about this not being a majorly time-sensitive issue is because his current deal with the club still has until 2023 to run so still a couple of years left before Arsenal have to worry about losing him on a free transfer so that's where we're at uh, with regards to Emil Smith and what Mikel Arteta um, had to say which was let's go step by step he's done really well deserves his chance he's taking it grabbing it with both hands in a really convincing way but let him be and things will come naturally. So Mikel trying to just deflect some of the pressure uh, off of Emil smith and some of the speculation uh, that is, is doing the rounds uh, right now about his future. He also spoke about Cedric, who I think we can all agree had a really, really good game against Newcastle United on Monday night, one of our standout players. And during a season where... Hector Bellerin's performances have been quite hit and miss at times. I think this was a bit of a stark reminder that actually we still do, even if Hector Bellerin is is not at the top of his game, have a very competent fullback in Cedric Suarez. Now, Mikel Arteta, when uh, the player first joined the club, spoke of his attacking ability and he said this, when he was asked whether Cedric could challenge Bellerin for that right-back spot on a permanent basis, he said, yes, since he joined us, he had various injuries and some difficult times. Took him a bit of time to adapt, to get completely free, and now the chances to play. The best thing with Cedric is the way he takes his profession, the way he trains, the way he prepares himself. So every time we've had to use him, he was always ready. He's always fit to compete, even when not playing for many parts of the season. When he had to play 120 minutes, he was completely ready, and the other night." think he had a really good game. Uh, yeah, so um, very complimentary again of Cedric. And as I always say, competition within the squad is certainly uh, healthy. He was also asked about the left-back situation. Now, of course, Arsenal allowed Sead Kalasinac to leave the club and join Schalke on loan for the remainder of the season. Now, I think a lot of us will agree that uh, Sead Kalasinac wasn't everybody's cup of tea. But we have left ourselves short in terms of natural cover for Kieran Tierney. We saw Ainsley maitland playing that position uh, in that game against Crystal Palace in which he was dreadful, and that's putting it politely. Uh, so there are concerns about Arsenal in that left-back left, uh, left back position and, and it, what would happen in the event of a Kieran Tierney injury. Mikel Arteta admitted uh, that Arsenal were a little bit short in that area. Now, he said with the departure of Kola, we're a little bit short of a left-footed fullback at the moment. He did go and say we can use Ainsley there, we can use Bukayo there, and we can use Cedric there. Uh, we have some options, but a natural option uh, to Kieran, obviously, we don't, but we can adapt. That was uh, Mikel Arteta's words. You know, for me, Bukayo Saka's playing so well in that more advanced role right now. The last thing I want to see is in the event that Kieran Tini was unavailable, him being pulled back um you know, into that position. I just don't want to see it. I think he's been so key at the other end of the pitch now. I feel like it would just be taking so much away from our attacking uh, side of the game. Do you trust in Pepe to deliver? Do you trust in Willian to deliver in the event that um, that uh, Saka had to go back to left-back? You know, yes, Martinelli's available now, um, but he likes to play from the left as does Oba. I just think Saka on the right works so well right now. The last thing I want to see is him being... Um, forced back into that left back position, you know, it, it's for me. I was scratching my head as to why Cedric wasn't playing at left back um, in the first place because he is an experienced fullback, and I know he's not playing with his stronger foot. Um, but just like, well, just like Anthony Metlenars, but in the difference between the two is that Cedric is far more experience playing that role than Ainsley the nazis and perhaps he would have adapted to it a little bit better. Uh, but having said that, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing. Ainsley has done the job quite well uh, in the past. So I don't, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, but Mikkel would have had no reason, I don't think, uh, to, to believe that Mick, that Ainsley wasn't um, wasn't capable of doing it. He just didn't perform on the night. And that is why these questions have, have come up about him. Um, Following his comments about the left back, he was asked whether that means Arsenal are looking for one in this transfer window, and he says it means that the option is open. We'll be looking to see what is available, and if you you watched the uh, the transfer special with Fabrizio Romano last night, one of the key words he constantly used when discussing Arsenal and their transfer business was opportunity. If the right opportunity comes along. Arsenal will take it. Arsenal will be ready. And that is very much where we find ourselves. That is very much where the whole transfer market finds itself at the moment. You know, there will be clubs that still have the the power to go and spend, but there will be a lot of clubs in a similar boat to us who'll be looking for opportunities between now and the end of the month to get deals done that will strengthen them. But if those opportunities don't come along, um, perhaps they'll be a little bit less proactive in terms of going out there and actively trying to bring players in. So I think... It was described by Fabrizio as phase one of the transfer window for Arsenal, which has been moving people out. Uh, we've moved Ozil out, uh, you know, just waiting official confirmation on that. But it's all but done. We've moved Kalasinac out. We've moved Sogradis out. So now it is very much a case of focusing on the incomings, if there are going to be any. I still wouldn't be 100% sure um, that, we will, um, that we will go out and bring someone in. I think the most important thing, thing to do in this window was to start clearing space for the summer. We can all agree that the summer is going to be more important. We can all agree that the summer is where you would hope Arsenal will do some serious business. Um, But again, you have to take into consideration the impact of the pandemic. You have to understand that financially we're in a bit of a pickle, as are many football clubs right now. Um, So even in the summer, I'm not expecting massive, massive things. But sometimes you can do some very smart business without necessarily breaking the bank. And I want Edu and Arteta um, to prove that now, you know, now that they have control, now that they have the reins, I want to see that happen. I want to see Arsenal almost throw it back to 1997, where Arsene Wenger came in and started picking out gems that people didn't really know of and, and took advantage of clubs that were in probably much weaker financial positions, et cetera, et cetera. So I want to see Arsenal be smart. I want to see Arsenal be shrewd in the transfer market. And um, yeah, but having said all of that, I don't think it's going to, I don't think it's uh, going to be anything major um, in terms of finances. Not now, not in the summer, unless something changes that makes me feel otherwise. It's going to be about bringing in uh, the right people and trying to identify people that can come in, but also not be too big of a drain on the resource. Uh, Andrea says, Harry, do you expect more departures um, between now and the end of the window? No, Um, I don't think Shkodran Mustafi will leave. I know um, there's been talk of that. I know that Fabrizio mentioned it could happen and he he predicted it probably will between now and the end of the window, but I don't see it. I I don't see it. That's my opinion, though. Um, I think that that we're going to end up... um, we're going to end up keeping Mustafi until the end of the season and see where we go from. Well, we know where it's going to go from there. He's going to leave. His contract comes to an end. He's not signing a new one. It's as simple as that. Uh, but in terms of whether I think that will happen between now and the end of the month, I just can't see it. Time is running out and and, and I don't see uh, Shkodra Mustafi leaving. I think that with Sokratis, um, it's a little bit different because Arsenal had tried to move him on. Um, Arsenal had tried to move him on and then realised it wasn't really working. It wasn't going to happen. And so decided to terminate the contract in, in order to make that negotiation between Socrates and a, um, a new club easier, uh, less of a drag, less difficult. So I think that was largely why Arsenal agreed to terminate his contract. But I still think that Mikel Arteta sees Mustafi as part of the squad. Uh, you know, the fact that he included him in the squad over Socrates tells you that he was already higher up in the in the kind of uh, the manager's eyes, in the manager's rankings, if you like. And so he, he registered him in the squad. He kept him involved. And I think he, he plans on keeping him involved until the end of the season. So in terms of more departures, I don't see uh, anything major anyway uh, changing. Let's move on to Balogun. He was asked about whether uh, Balogun's kind of, um, lack of involvement of late is with regards to the contractual situation. Um, and he, he denied that. He said no straight away, uh, Mikel Arteta. He said he just wants to convince him that he has a future with the club uh, and not send the opposite message. Before he wasn't training with the first team, we changed that. He's shown a real hunger and desire to be with us. We're trying to get something done because we want him to stay, but we have to go step by step. I think he's made some big steps in the last few months where he wasn't even training uh, and then training with the first team, that is. And then he had a few good games for us. So the steps are there and we want to try and keep him. When asked then why he hasn't been involved, he added that because it's because the competition that we have in the front positions and because there are other players that haven't had many minutes and they played in the FA Cup. He said it takes time. We have to respect that pathway. Eddie as well is not playing a lot of football recently and he is in front of him at the moment. So we have to be calm And respectful. So Mikel Arteta making it abundantly clear that, in his opinion. uh, Eddie Nketiah is is ahead of following Balogun, despite what the fans say, despite what some of you want to see. You know, there was an outcry, an outpouring almost of Arsenal fans on social media when it seemed... uh, as though Balogun had signed for RB Leipzig, saying, "Why on earth are we keeping Eddie Nketiah? Why is Eddie Nketiah ahead of him in the pecking order?" But the reality is that it's, it's always been the case, and that's how Mikel sees it, and that's not changed. Um, based on a based on a couple of sort of appearances in, in in the Europa League against weaker opposition, that hasn't changed in Mikel's eyes. He still sees Nketiah very much as as being ahead of Balogun. You know, the longer this drags on, the more you, you worry that the player is going to walk away on a free transfer. But equally, if his demands are high, and I'm not just talking about financially, I'm talking about his demands in terms of game time, are something that that Mikel Arteta, or well, is something that Mikel Arteta thinks is unreasonable or something that he can't fulfill, then let him go. Um, as I always refer to this tweet from James Cook, where he said he could even be the next Thierry Henry. Or he could be the next Chuba Akpom. That is absolutely spot on. It's absolutely spot on. We don't know what the future holds. And as I always say, potential means nothing unless you fulfill it. There you go. Um, just finally from the press conference today, um, the kind of other big bit uh, that, that has kind of made some headlines and made some waves was regards to the mole at Arsenal Football Club now, uh, Mikel Arteta said during didn't he during the time where uh, there were a lot of negative stories coming out um, coming out of the, of the Emirates Stadium with regards to players scrapping on the training pitch, uh, discontent behind the scenes. Um, he said that there was a mole in the club, and he was going to make every effort to find out who it was. Um, he was asked if he had identified the mole, uh, to which he responded. I have a sort of an idea, yes. And then he was asked, uh, "Was that related to the players who went out this month? I.e., was was it one of them um, that you've identified as the mole?" And he said he will not comment uh, on that. I think a lot of people will be pointing to Messer Özil here as the primary suspect, um, and, and you know, they, it's a, it's a, I guess, an understandable conclusion to come to. But of course, we don't know for sure. Um, but for, for it to kind of, for Mikel to kind of hint that he did find out who he was and, and mess it's going and all of that, you know, you, you put two and two together. Yeah. You, you know, maybe it was him, but we don't know for sure. Um, I'm sure at some point in the future, uh, more will come out about this whole Ozil debacle and how it's all ended for him. Um, some of you in the chat saying that it was Ozil's agent and Ozil's got to tell him For that to get to the agent, you know, we're going to have to find out. Uh, We're going to have to hold tight on that one. I'm sure in the future, there'll be a little bit more of an indication as to what exactly uh, has gone on there. But Mikel Arteta claims that he has an idea about who the mole has been at Arsenal this whole time. Interesting stuff uh, from Mikel. Right. We've come to that point in the show where it's time for you guys to chuck your questions in the chat box. Get them in now uh, and I will come to as many of those as I possibly can between now and the end of the stream. Uh, just a quick reminder, check out our show with Fabrizio Romano. You can find me now writing on 90min uh, three days a week. So you can check out uh, my articles. I share them all uh, to my Twitter feed. So check those out. Um, and yeah, quick reminder about our membership scheme. If you haven't signed up already, click the link in the description. It will bring up our landing page and you can check out the three tiers of membership available on decide which if any of those um, are, uh, are, are suited to you. And uh, we'd love to welcome more of you uh, to the Chronicles of Aguna membership family. Actually, do you know what? While you guys put your questions in, um, there was a few that joined up uh during the night last night so i just want to say a massive thank you to you guys because i haven't had a chance to do that yet um also if you are an existing member and you haven't already joined our discord server the link is in the community tab it's available to members only um but i know there are less uh people in the discord server than we have uh active members right now so some of you are missing out on something that is included in the package so be sure Uh, to take that up. I want to say a big uh, welcome to Jeffrey Nichols, uh, who's joined us as a platinum member. Jeffrey, thank you so much. Uh, To Chris, uh, to Ivan Zed, and to Luca421 for all becoming uh, members. Thank you all so much for your support. It is very, very much appreciated. Right, let's go over to some of your questions. J O four says if Arsenal get Odegaard on loan but no backup goalkeeper, is it a successful window? Hmm Um Difficult one. Difficult one because I think there are two positions for which we have equal need right now and, and those are the two the central attacking midfield player and the backup goalkeeper. Um you know, these are the two positions that Arsenal must prioritise before doing anything else, in my opinion. But, um, you know, sometimes circumstances don't allow you to to achieve everything that you want in a transfer window. You know, sometimes opportunities don't come up. Sometimes things break down at the last minute, not leaving you enough time to uh, pursue other targets. I'd be delighted if we got Odegaard in, as you would have get, gathered from this show so far. but. Um, you know, uh, it's going to be difficult to do. In terms of a goalkeeper, you know, the Renaissance thing is only a problem if Bern Leno is sidelined for a significant period of time. And, you know, it's a it's a potential problem, but right now it's not a problem, if that makes sense. For as long as Bern Leno is fit, it's not an issue, it only becomes an issue if he's then unavailable. So, you know, you'd be acting to kind of, you'd be proactive in the sense of you're trying to Deal with a potential issue before it arises. Um, But I think Arsenal, you know, knowing Arsenal over the last few years, are more likely to be reactive. And that will be partly down to the way that they've conducted themselves of late, but it will partly be down to finance as well. It will partly be down to the fact that the circumstances aren't quite normal at the moment. Uh, You know, financially, we're going through a very difficult time. If we weren't, we wouldn't have taken that loan from the Bank of England just a a couple of weeks ago. so I think because of that, Arsenal will probably be a little bit more reactive in the transfer market rather than proactive. Look, if we got one or the other, um, I'd be I'd be pleased. Obviously, I'd still feel we need the other one, but you know, you you, you can't have it all. And sometimes circumstance doesn't allow you to do the business that you want. A big hello to Kevin Campbell in the live chat. Check out the hybrid squad as well. Uh, we had a really good show on there the other day. Uh, thank you to Kevin and to Sophie for inviting me on. We had a really, really good chat, uh, really good debate. So head over to the hybrid squad and check that out if you haven't already. I know lots of you have seen it already because lots of you were commenting about it uh, in the Discord server, which is great. But yeah, make sure you get over there and make sure that you are subscribed. Uh, right, let's pick up a couple or a few more questions. Um, what else have we got here? Let's see. I saw a good one. Uh, Gunatel, one of our members, says, Harry, do you think there is an argument that an Isco type of player and the experience he would bring would be better for Emil Smith-Rowe's development in the longer term than that of an Odegaard? It's a really, really valid and good point. I really like that. Um, yeah, you know, there is an argument to be made that someone who's been there, done it, achieved it, like Isco, would be able to to help Emil Smith Rowe along his way and help him enhance his game, but if bringing someone like Isco in means that Emil Smith Rowe doesn't play, then it can have a, a counterproductive uh, effect as well. So there's two ways of looking at that, but it's a really good point, you know. A- and you know, he would have uh, people will, will hate me saying this because uh, you know they that he's gone and and they're done with him now and and they don't want to hear it spoken about ever again, but. Emil smith would have learned an awful lot from training with Mesut Ozil. Um And in terms of, you know, his position, yeah, I think it would help to have a more experienced specialist in that role uh, to kind of to help him to pick up things. But equally, as I say, if it is with the kind of side effect of 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 Emil Smith Rowe's game time being less, then then I you know it could be a bit of a hindrance as well. But it's a really good point, and one that the clubs certainly um, certainly need to need to consider. Uh, Indigeno says, if Özil was to blame for being the mole, what would that do to his legacy at the Arsenal? Um, to me personally, it wouldn't do a great deal to it. I mean, you know, for me, he was a very good player most of the time. Did have bad spells. Did have times where he didn't turn up. I think that the biggest crime with regards to Messi as it was that Arsenal never built a team strong enough to to give him the platform that he needed to to really showcase what he could do. But you know that's been a gripe with Arsenal for years and years now. And and you know we we were up in arms when Alexis Sanchez went because his contract was coming to an end. Then we all celebrated Messi Urzil being given a contract, and then what, a couple of years down the line, we were all shouting at the club and, and, you know, throwing mud at the club because the club had given him that contract. So you can't, you know, hindsight is a, is a wonderful thing. I like to try and put that kind of stuff to one side because I think there were faults on both sides, which is why I've not been harsh on Mesut Ozil, um in the eyes of a lot of you, because I do think that the issue was, was two ways. Um, in terms of what it does for his legacy, for me, nothing because for me, I look at the football, and and that's my main thing. And I, I think that, as I said, everything that occurred afterwards behind the scenes uh, was a byproduct of of two parties not conducting themselves properly. Uh, so it, it's difficult to pin the blame on on solely on one or the other. I think. Uh, what else have we got here? Uh, Omar says likelihood of Odegaard joining us. Bar- bearing in mind, we only have ten days to pull it off. Um, I'd say it's about fifty fifty at the moment. Uh, In terms of uh, in terms of my guess, of course, I'm taking into account that the the time remaining in the transfer window, but I'm also taking into account the fact that there are other clubs in the running um, and other clubs who are said to be ahead of us in that running right now. Uh, Right. Let's see uh, what else you've got. Neil D'Souza says, big up, Harry, we should hire Leicester scouting team. Yeah, they've been brilliant. Um, They've been really good. Um, They've done some really good business over the years. Uh, brought in some really, really top players. And, and you know, it's reflected in, in Leicester's league position. You know, they're well above where they should be. They're punching well above their weight at the moment. There's no doubt about that whatsoever. Right. Uh, that brings us uh, to the end of this live edition of the Chronicles of Aguna. Hope you've all enjoyed it. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. Remember, before we go, uh, hit the like button on your way out, subscribe to the channel if you haven't already. And if you want to become a member of the channel, click on the link in the description for more information or to sign up. We'll be back tomorrow with some more Arsenal-related content. We'll be bringing you a couple of shows tomorrow. Uh, We'll be talking a little bit about transfers on the one, and we'll be looking ahead to that game against Southampton because it's the early kickoff on Saturday. So two shows coming your way tomorrow. Stay tuned. We'll be back then. Until then, take care. Stay safe. All the best.